The 24-year-old armorer responsible for guns on the set of Rust is claiming that she has no idea how live rounds got on the set or in the gun that led to the tragic death of Helena Hutchins. She issued a statement where she explains what happened that day. She says she kept guns locked up, including throughout lunch, and she instructed her department to watch the cart containing the guns when she was pulled away for her other duties or on lunch. She said she inspected the rounds that she loaded into the firearm that day. She always inspected the rounds, she says. And she also says that she inspected the rounds before handing the firearm to Assistant Director David Halls by spinning the cylinder and showing him all of the rounds, then handing him the firearm. Brian Carpenter is an armorist with Dark 30 Film Services. He uh, has worked extensively on Hollywood sets, and he joins the show again. Brian, great to have you back. Mm, thanks for having me. So, Brian, uh, from our last conversation, I can identify what that 24-year-old armorer did wrong. Can you outline where safety protocol was not followed? Well, it's a very you know confusing statement to say for most people that don't really understand the technicality of it. When she says... Uh, spun the cylinder and showed him the rounds, that does nothing as a safety check for the actual actual rounds inside the cylinder. To understand that, you have to understand that once you place those rounds, dummy rounds and or blank, into the cylinder of a gun, there's only two ways that you can see that bullet. If you're looking straight at the gun, which you hope you're not, or if you're looking at the back of the gun, which you could see the end of the shell casing. You cannot see the shell casing, and you most certainly can't shake that bullet to identify that those BBs, like we talked about last time, were inside of the shell casing, thereby identifying that the round is truly a dummy round and not a live round. So for her to say, I checked it by spinning the cylinder and showing the first AD, that does nothing other than identify that there's rounds in there, which is actually even more unsafe to say, oh, yeah, there's rounds in this cylinder. I have no idea what they are. They could be blank. They mm -hmm. could be dummies. They could be, and unfortunately in this case of this tragedy, a live round. You know, I brought up the age several times because we spoke about this before, yeah. the fact that she was so young. Not to be ageist, it just shows lack of experience. Though I do hear her dad was uh, an armorer for years, and she learned everything by following his footsteps. I think the other thing that you pointed out last time is she said she handed the gun to the AD, the assistant director, and he gave it to Alec Baldwin. You mentioned that you never hand the gun to the AD. Why is it the armorer's job to hand it to the actor? Well, it's a chain of custody thing. You need to specifically be watching that firearm at all moments. You need to know exactly what's being done with it. Uh, that no one is uh, being unsafe with it. Primarily, that's what you're looking for, is you're looking to make sure the actors aren't being unsafe with it to themselves or someone else. Uh, but you're also watching to make sure that gun didn't get laid down somewhere or somewhere else pick it up. Now, in the exception of a few ADs that I've worked with that just absolutely, and there's a lot of personality that goes into this on a movie set, understand that as well, that just wanted to be the guy or the lady that handed it off to the actor, to the talent, I have had that happen, but in those circumstances, I'm, sta I'm still standing right there. I'm still watching the entire circumstance. Like, I'll walk up to the first AD, I'll check it, we'll check the rounds, we'll check everything, we'll make sure the weapon's clear. And then if they're looking at it, sometimes they take it themselves and look at it, uh, and then they turn around and then say, just hypothetically, they turned around and handed it straight to the actor. Well, I'm standing a foot away, and I'm watching it the entire time. So... 
it's not protocol. It should be handed off by the armor. But if an AD insists, then you better make sure that you're watching it the entire time. Brian, the question is, how did live rounds get on the set of Rust? What I'm thinking is Americans are allowed to, they have the right to, to bear arms. What's the protocol when it comes to personal weapons and ammunition for crew members on a film set? Well, there should never, as I said before, be a live round anywhere in the atmosphere of a movie set, period. So obviously, if you're in New Mexico and you've got crew members driving in locally, it's possible that they could have something in their vehicle or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But you would most certainly expect none of them to take those things out of any possession that they have and bring them onto the movie set. So obviously you can't, you know, pat down everybody on a movie set before they come on to work each day. But what you do is you hire a professional trained armorer to make sure that they take that into consideration and mitigate any problems that could happen in advance, which takes you right back to the experience level you're talking about and the, um, the dedication to detail and attention to detail that you need to have. I, that's one of the things that I do. I mean, I'm constantly looking at the area that we're in to make sure that there's no anything suspicious that it's got there. If we're on location somewhere and we've rented a building or a house from anyone, this, and that is the uh, production company's rented the building of the house from someone, I do a walkthrough in advance. I walk through the entire area. I make sure that the homeowner or the business owner hasn't left anything personal in there. And that's just part of what I do. Also, mm-hmm. I maintain, as we go back to point one, a extremely tight chain of custody with those weapons to make sure who's handling them, where they're being handled, and they're, they're being watched the entire time they're being handled. There's something that has been um, just nagging at me since this, this accident first occurred. You know, last time we spoke, there were, you mentioned the four golden rules when it comes to gun safety on set. Number two was, and I believe I'm paraphrasing here, I don't know if I'm getting the wording right, never point a gun at something you don't intend to bring harm to or kill. And, you know, when Alec Baldwin was rehearsing, he was apparently the rehearsal involved a shot where you point the gun at the camera. Uh, where was Helena Hutchins? Where is the director of photography when it comes to uh, being, uh, you know, in the vicinity of a camera while rehearsing and filming a shot? It's it's just been kind of sticking with me, like to try and figure out where she'd be positioned. Well, Obviously, uh, well, normally the DP is behind the camera or right at the camera, and the director is usually standing behind the DP. Okay. Um, they're watching, they're seeing how the scene's set up. But in a scene where you're pointing the gun, or they want to point the gun at the camera, there's a lot of different protocol that has to be taken into consideration and done safely. And as I said, I was just back from a job in Chicago a week and a half before this happened, and they wanted the exact same thing. They wanted the camera pointed directly or at least close to camera. Well, we move all of the crew off to one side and we make sure that the distances are correct in this particular circumstance. All we needed was 21 feet, but we had about 15 or 18 yards that we did just to be on the safe side. And then the actress, I instructed her to point five feet away from camera on an off angle. And then the DP on that show made sure that they worked it to where it looked like they were pointing it near camera, even though it wasn't happening. If they truly want a camera shot, then you just lock the camera off and you remote operate it. And there's no one behind it at all. Mm-hmm. Now, from what I understand happened here, what we're being told is he was doing a cross draw, which he was pulling the gun out. He's right-handed. He was, I suppose he's right-handed, but he's pulling the gun out on the left side if you're right-handed, the right side if you're left-handed. And the reason they call it a cross draw is you're drawing out of the holster and going across your body and then pointing. So 
it would stand to reason that when he did that, he probably panned that gun across a lot of people when he came wow. across that cross draw. The only way that he would not have done that is if they had cleared the crew off completely. Now, the way we know that that isn't the case here is because Helena Hutchins was shot and the director was shot as well. So the gun had to have been pointing. Bullets leave barrels in a straight line. Uh, they don't curve. So that uh, bullet left that barrel in a straight line and struck directly, uh, you know, poor Helena in the in her chest area. That's a horrible story. So, uh, so tragic. Violating a safety rule. Yeah. Uh, the Rock is pledging to stop using real far- firearms on all projects that are produced by his company, uh, Seven Bucks Production. And he released some audio to the fact. I'm going to play that for you right now. Any movie that we have moving forward with Seven Bucks Productions, any movie, any television show, uh, or anything we do or produce, uh, we won't use real guns at all. We're going to switch over to rubber guns, and we're just going to we're going to take care of it in post. We're not going to worry about the dollars. We won't worry about, worry about what it costs uh, because really, with something like this, and it you know, it just sucks that it had to happen like this for us to for us on our end. Again, I can't speak for anybody else, but for us to wake up when that happened. Uh, Within two hours, uh, I had the entire team on the phone, and we're like, okay, what, what can we do now? Like, let's really look at this, and how can we move forward in a better way? What's the split of prop guns and real guns on film sets, Brian? Give us an idea here. Hmm. Well, I've got, definitely have something to say about that, uh, and I'm hearing this on your show for the first time. The, um, well, the split is generally, if you have a real gun, you have a prop gun to match it. Because, again, especially the Rocks shows are very stunt heavy. So there's a lot of fight scenes. There's a lot of people falling out of windows, doing jumps and scaling walls and you name it on a lot of his shows. And so, therefore, um, uh, you would have a real gun that was being used. And then you'd have that prop gun we talked about, that plastic gun or that rubber gun to be able to be as a stand-in so that the real gun wouldn't, be, wouldn't hurt somebody like be thrown into somebody or hit somebody or even be damaged because they're very expensive, and uh, you would put that in. So it's about a 50-50 split if, it's, um, if you're using real guns. Uh, to the, to the rock, directly to the rock statement, look, it's his prerogative to do whatever he wants to do with his production company. But I will say this, Rock, are you going to stop using stunts too? Because more people get killed with stunts than have been killed with guns by a long shot. Uh, and uh, as I said before, just a year before COVID, one of my friends was very uh, hurt on a movie, a main a television show from a burn that happened because of safety protocols not being uh, followed. His friend was killed on the same TV series uh, doing a fall, and another lady, young lady, was killed on a motorcycle accident. And that was just all in one region up in the Georgia area and all in one year. And, uh, you know, it's all, like I say, firearms are only as safe or dangerous as the hands using them or the production company that follows the guidelines and spends the money to make sure that it's being done safely. As an armorist, yeah, as an armorist, you were saying to us before, uh, you teach the uh, actor how to react when they fire a blank. Um, Prop guns, is there a way that you can use those and CGI in the special effects to make it look like, you know, replicate the action of a real weapon uh, and make the uh, actor's uh, response look realistic in post? Right. Well, hey, The Rock said the key word, doesn't care how much it costs. So that's one thing that every studio is, that's why we're having these safety issues right now. All of these safety issues on a wide range of things, not just firearms, 
the reason these things are happening is studios are cutting so many calls and they've just been allowed to continue to cut these calls with no anybody stepping in and say, hey, we need to stop this. We need to start focusing on safety again, no matter what it costs. But he said the key thing, money. If, you're, if he's willing to spend anything that it takes to get in there and use some really good special, I mean, visual effects, to make sure that these firearms look proper when they're being used and, and maybe he can pull it off. I would mm-hmm. love to see it. Uh, right now, in my opinion, of practical effects with a firearm look uh, 10 times better, maybe even more than that, than visual effects because you don't have just a muzzle flash. You've got, like we talked about, you've got, you can train the actor how to react with the recoil. That's no problem. But you've also got the showcasing ejecting and the slide moving and the flash on the walls and all of those things sound. Um, the, you know, all of those things are very costly doing special effects. Do I think that uh, it could be done eventually? Yes, I do. I just think that it's not quite there yet. But if he dumps all of his you know, vast amount of money into making that happen, then, hey, I'm all I'll be the first one to say, hey, good job. Or, yeah, well, that didn't work out quite right. Well, Brian, I want to thank you for your expertise. It's been a pleasure talking to you. You're really informative and um, really bring a lot of information that uh, I think a, a lot of us answer some questions that a lot of us have about what's going on in film sets. And, you know, we consume it. So I think we should know what's going on behind the scenes. I really appreciate your time. Hey, thank you for having me again. Always enjoy it. Cheers. Brian Carpenter, Armorist with Dark 30 Films.